0: You're about to hear a message that was preached at Calvary Fellowship in Miramar, Florida. At Calvary, we exist to help people take their next step with God, and we pray that this message helps you do just that. Calvary, how's everybody doing today? See, you guys, you guys got the extra hour, came in. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was made painfully aware of, of why Pastor Bob asked me to preach uh, this morning in his place. Uh, when I woke up to to an hour less. No, but listen, you guys look great. I am happy that you are here. Yes, yes, you can applaud uh, for yourself. That's okay, that's okay. It's 11.30. We're feeling good. All right, so start off with a little little story for you. So this past summer, I decided that our family was going on a vacation. Uh, You know, we had heard that Disney had opened up. Um, to to limited capacity, and I kept hearing about the short lines and how quick the lines were moving and stuff, and and honestly, you know, we had been locked up in our house um, since March. Actually, tomorrow um, is the anniversary of the last in-person service we had before the the, the quarantine last year, so it's crazy to think that it's been a year, but we had been, you know, there's there's four kids in my house, So there's six of us, and we were in that house from March. By the time we hit summer, I was like, we need to get out of here for for a little bit. So, you know, I went on Airbnb and found a, um, you know, a great house with with, with a pool at a great rate, and, you know, went, got the tickets, you know, Disney was running specials for Florida residents, and we were going to spend an entire week out of our house. We were going to someone else's house, but we were going to be out of our house, and that house had a pool, and it wasn't. Are. So we were very excited, and as soon as the vacation was booked, my wife and I um, started to make a list of things that we wanted to see, things we wanted to do, and things we wanted to, to eat, because normally um, we're, on, um, like we're on keto, um, but we don't keto on vacation, uh, so we were excited about that, uh, that part as well, and um, number one on the list of, of, of must-see uh, must or must-do things uh, was Rise of the Resistance, uh, brand new ride in Hollywood Studios, okay. The three of you, All right? Thank you for that. Always appreciate the golf clap. Um, but it's it's a, it's an incredible ride. It's 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 Star Wars uh, themed. It's in Hollywood Studios. Incredible new technology, and we were excited uh, to be able to do that uh, for the first time. Uh, number two on our list was a cream cheese stuffed pretzel. Um, and uh, we, my wife and I, discovered uh, this cream cheese stuffed pretzel actually a few years back by accident. We happened upon it in the Magic Kingdom, um, and then after that, for a few years, we we haven't been able to find it. Um, but in preparing for the trip, I was on one of these you know Disney Insider blogs, and I saw that the cream cheese stuffed pretzel had made a comeback, and it was being sold from a specific snack cart in Hollywood Studios. So. All right, must-eat thing number number two. Number three on the list was Dole Whip. Um, and if you're not familiar with Dole Whip, Dole Whip is found exclusively in the Magic Kingdom in Adventureland. And it is a, uh, a pineapple soft-serve uh, delicacy treat. It's delicious. My wife loves it. But Dole Whip was there. Uh, and those are pretty much the top three. We had a few others, uh, but I'm not going to bore you with the details. So vacation gets here. We get Uh, to Central Florida, and our first day, we're at Animal Kingdom. We spent the entire day there, and everything they told us was true. There was no one in the parks. We rode the ride, everything we wanted to ride, as many times as we wanted to ride it. I mean, it it got to the point where it was like, you want to ride it again? It's like, no, I'm done. Um, So we had a blast. Now, because we were spending a week up there, we were going to kind of space out the trips at the park. So the next day was going to be Sunday, and Sunday was our rest day. And then Monday Monday, we were going to be in Hollywood Studios. So, you know, Sunday comes. There's no alarm clocks because that's our, our rest day. But I wake up a little earlier than, um, than I really wanted to. And, and honestly, it's because I wasn't, I wasn't really feeling all that good. I wasn't feeling right. And I, and I go to the bathroom and um, I notice uh, what, what appears to be uh, blood in, in my urine. And um, so I start freaking out uh, a little bit. I mean, it's not normal to see that. And um, it's okay, guys. This is it's all science. It's okay. Um, so I'm starting to freak out a little bit. And then um, I kind of I gather myself and I, I try to self-diagnose. And, and based on what I'm feeling, I realize what's happening. I'm passing a kidney stone. And I know this because I've passed one before. And that's a feeling you don't tend to forget when it comes back around a second time. So I'm just like, are you serious right now? Like, like we're on vacation? Like a kidney stone? So, anyways, so I, you know, I gather myself. I, I come back to the, you know, uh, to, to the bedroom, and I, I wake up my wife, and I'm like, baby, baby, listen, I'm so, so sorry to have to tell you this. I'm passing a kidney stone, and she wakes up. She's like, are you serious right now? It's like, I, it's, it's not really a choice I've got. But um, pretty soon, before I knew it, I'm in the ER. And long story short, um, spent the entire day in the ER. By around 8 o'clock that evening, I was being wheeled into pre-op. Um, uh, around 9 o'clock, I was counting down from 10, getting ready for uh, for surgery. Um, because the fine doctors at Osceola Medical Center were going to insert a ureteral stent. Um, for those of you that know what it is, we feel each other's pain. For those of you that don't, don't Google it. Just, just, just. Forget I ever ever mentioned it. Um, but later on that evening, surgery was a success. And because it was so late, I got to spend, a again, a, um, a night at the luxurious Osceola Medical Center in beautiful Kissimmee, Florida. So I was finally discharged the next day in the afternoon uh, on Monday afternoon. Remember, Monday was Hollywood Studios Day, so we had to change that uh, to Tuesday. And ureteral stent and all, we were doing it. So we get to Hollywood Studios. I'm in a wheelchair, but we're moving ahead Um, As planned, and first thing on our list is Rise of the Resistance. Um, Only turns out that on Monday night, there was a storm that passed through Central Florida. And I don't know how many of you know this, but I think Central Florida is known as like lightning capital of of, of the country, at least. I don't know if it's uh, of the world. But lightning on Monday night struck Rise of the Resistance. It hit the ride. So... um, For the first time since the ride um, had opened, the ride wasn't going to see anyone that entire day. All right, so scratch that off the list of things we wanted to do. So we're on to the cream cheese stuffed pretzel. And we get to the snack cart, and I notice on the menu there's no cream cheese stuffed pretzel. So we ask the cast member, hey, um, don't you guys have a cream cheese stuffed pretzel? Well, she's like, oh, that pretzel, that pretzel's really good. I'm like, yeah, that's what we're here for. She's like, we don't have that anymore. So... Um, I'm like, well, where can I find it? And she's like, we discontinued it at the end of, of last month, which was literally, literally days before we got there. And I'm like, well, where, where, can I get it somewhere else in the park? Can I get it in another park? She's like, Disney doesn't have it. I'm like, all right, fine. Next day, um, we're in Magic Kingdom. It's Magic Kingdom Day. And we're like, all right, Dole Whip. Let's do the Dole Whip. So as we're, we get to Adventureland, and as we're approaching the, uh, you know, the little concession where you get uh, the Dole Whip, we notice kind of, you know, a ruckus. We see a wall of cast members, and when I look, there's no one making a line to get a Dole Whip, which is, which is fairly unusual. And, you know, I'm hearing this sound, and I walk up to one of the cast members, like, what's going on? And they're like, well, the fire alarm went off in, in the restaurant uh, that's inside this building so the building and everything attached to it is, is pretty much on lockdown. Unfortunately, it's not going to reopen before the park uh, closes. So no rise, no cream cheese stuffed pretzel, no Dole Whip, all these must And listen, and honestly, my wife and I, uh, before this service, we're going over a list of other things that, that we wanted to do. But for the sake of time, I'll spare you. But listen, every you ever hear the saying that life is 10% what happens to you, and 90% how you respond. In that moment, I felt like I was getting hit by the 90%, right? And was running out of any ability to respond to it. I was trying to make the best of just everything not going our way, but it was tough, man. I mean, it's not easy to be happy when the happiest place on earth is fighting you at every, every turn. And I think that's where all of us find ourselves sometimes, right? We get... Dealt um, a bad set of circumstances, and it's like, okay, so so what did I do this time to deserve this? And We find ourselves in situations that that are robbing us of our joy and happiness, and 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 we honestly ask God, and we're like, okay, God, so so what is it that I'm supposed to do here, right, with this happening to me? I mean, what am I supposed to feel? How am I supposed to act? Well, there's a state of being uh, that's called contentment, and in its simplest form. Uh, contentment is being in a state of peaceful happiness, right, to be pleased or satisfied regardless of circumstance. And it it is God's desire for us to live a life of contentment. And it's something that we all wrestle with understanding. So in the time that we have together today, I want us to take a deep dive into contentment. See, we all have uh, the choice to live in one of two states, right? We can live in a state of contentment or a state of of discontentment. contentment contentment is where we want to be but too often this discontentment is where we find ourselves and, and and i believe that there's there's a couple of reasons for that number one we don't understand what contentment is and number two we don't know how to attain it i mean is it a feeling right if i'm happy does that mean i'm content if i'm unhappy does that mean i'm i'm not well to start i want to take you through what contentment is not Right? We're going to see what contentment is not. I want to get any confusion, any misunderstanding and misnomer, all of it out of the way. And by doing so, hopefully we can kind of clear our minds to grasp what true contentment is. The contentment that God wants us to experience and enjoy. So the first thing we're going uh, to see is that contentment is not complacency. Contentment is not complacency. To be content... And to be complacent or sometimes confused and sometimes uh, people think that, that, uh, that they're the same thing, right? We get to mix up all the time when, in fact, they are very different from each other. We think that contentment is having, you know, kind of this attitude where, you know, you don't care about anything. So you're just kind of content with the way things are and you don't have to really do anything because you're not worried about the outcome of things. It's a very kind of like lazy, um, you know, sort of attitude. This is not contentment. That is, in fact, complacency. See, when you are content, you can be hardworking, striving towards a goal, but the outcome does not affect your joy or your peace. The complacent person just doesn't care enough about the result to even work hard, right, toward the chance of achieving the goal or the result from their work. So there is a difference there that's important to understand. Contentment is not complacency. The next thing contentment is not is contentment is not material, Contentment is not material. It's not dependent on what you have. It's not dependent on what you don't have or how much you have or don't have. And, and sometimes maybe in our lives it could look something like uh, like this when, we, when we're trying to, uh, 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 to find contentment in the material. You know, man, my, my, my car is old. It's rusty. The doors are squeaky. And, and honestly, like when you look down the street, it sticks out like a sore thumb amongst all of my neighbors' new shiny cars. You know what? I think I deserve... Uh, a new car. I think, I think a new car is gonna make me feel better about myself, and it's really gonna make me feel happy. It's it's, it's gonna fill kind of a, a void I've got inside. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm getting a new car, right? Or or maybe it's you know, you know, honey, um, you know, the kids are getting bigger, and you know, we've been talking about having uh, another baby. So I mean, I don't know about you, but um, I'm kind of dissatisfied with our living arrangement. I think we need a bigger house. I think we need a a bigger yard. And I think that's what's really going to push this family, you know, over the top. I really think that's going to make us happier. Listen, there's no amount of money that you can earn or save that's going to lead to contentment. You can accumulate and hoard up all the stuff you want. It's not going to lead to contentment. Seeking material contentment leads to discontent. Okay, contentment is not material. Contentment is not relational. Contentment is not relational. There is no person walking this earth that is the source of our contentment. That unicorn, ladies and gentlemen, does not exist. So if you're single here today and you may think that that missing piece of your contentment puzzle is just a swipe, a click, a text, a DM, or God forbid, a phone call uh, away. um, Listen, you may find the missing piece to your boyfriend or girlfriend uh, puzzle, but you're not going to find contentment. And if you're married, you already know this. Right? You already know this. You may be in a wonderful marriage, but your spouse is not and cannot be the source of your contentment. They were never meant to carry that burden, and the relationship will suffer under the weight of all that expectation. Seeking relational contentment leads to discontent. Then, lastly, contentment is not circumstantial, contentment is not. Circumstantial. Your circumstance in life does not determine your contentment. Contentment is not found in where we find ourselves at any point in our lives. And that means that the family that you were born into, right? Uh, Your race, your ethnicity, your culture, gender, religion, political affiliation, the job you have, the job you lost, the school you got into, the school that rejected your application, right? The accident you had, the injury that you recovered from, that sickness or disease that you suffered with or or are suffering with now, the tumor that they found, a global pandemic. None of it determines, nor is it the source of your contentment. Seeking circumstantial contentment leads to this content. Okay, so I think now we're clear on what contentment is not. All right, so let's take a look at what contentment is. And to do that, I want us all to look at the Apostle Paul. And we're going to be in Philippians chapter 4. And he's writing this um, uh, from prison. He's under house arrest, chained to a Roman guard. And, And there's nothing materialistically, relationally, or circumstantially about Paul's state in that moment that would bring contentment to his life. And yet, and yet here is where we discover through Paul the source of true contentment. So we're going to start reading in uh, verse 10. It says, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, means in need. I know how to abound or have plenty. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The first thing we see here from Paul is that contentment is learned. Contentment is learned. It's not a feeling. We don't wish for it or hope for it and poof wake up one morning with it. It's not a, a gift that is, that is bestowed uh, upon us, right? Contentment is learned, and we've got to practice. My, um, my 10-year-old son, Danny, uh, just started taking piano lessons. And listen, he's a very smart kid. I don't say this just because he's my kid, okay? My son, Danny, he's a very smart uh, kid. My wife and I kid all the time that, listen, when we get old, Danny's going to be the one that's going to take care of us. Um, and some of my other kids are in the room right now. That doesn't mean that I don't think you'll take care of us, but listen I think Danny's going places but listen you know a lot of things come easy to him okay in school and, and, and things and which is why I thought he would really like uh, the, the piano and he does so right now he's learning the basics right and he he picks it up quickly and because of this he doesn't think that he needs to practice all that much but I'm a musician myself and I know that eventually right The demands that are placed on him not just by his teacher but by the actual instrument, they're going to increase. And the lessons are going to get harder. And the exercises are going to be more and more complex and difficult to master. And if he wants to get better, he's going to have to practice. And contentment is no different. When life is easy, when life is good, we don't think we need that much practice, right? But we practice anyways because all of us know that the hard lessons come. They always do. And you see, in order to learn contentment, in order to gain contentment we first have to lose when we look back on our lives and think about all those moments that caused us to wrestle with life's satisfaction peace and joy we find loss right loss of friendships loss of money loss of uh, status loss of the marriage we dreamed about and it's in all these unmet expectations and disappointments that we struggle to find our way back to peace and to joy and to happiness so it's no surprise that we are learning This lesson from the Apostle Paul, because few have lost more than Paul throughout his entire ministry. So when he says, everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not a hope and it's not a wish. It's a learned practice. It's a learned discipline. Next, we see that contentment is a state of of the heart contentment is a state of the heart and um here's here's just a an example of what that might look like I not you check out this video okay orphans listen to me listen to ignacio i know it is fun to wrestle a nice pile drag to the face or a punch to the face but you cannot do it because it is in the bible not to wrestle your neighbor. So you've never wrestled. Me? No. Come on. Don't be crazy. Listen, I know the wrestlers get all the fancy ladies and the clothes and the free creams and lotions. But my life is good. Really good. I get to wake up every morning at 5 a.m. make some soup. It's the best. I love it. I get to lay in a bed by myself all of my life. It's fantastic. Look. Go away. All right. A Life of Contentment by Nacho Livre. Listen, he was trying, right? And sometimes we've got to convince ourselves um, that our life is good, right? But the truth is that contentment is found in making the most Of the least, Um, it's an attitude that we adopt. It's not something that our minds can really make sense of. We can't wrap our minds around contentment because it goes against our very human and our very sinful nature to be content regardless of situation or circumstance. And here's the truth for all of us. All of us, all of us have a Christ-shaped hole in our hearts and nothing else fits, nothing else fills that hole because we were born for eternity it's only when our heart is fully surrendered to god and his will in our lives and for our lives that we can begin to grasp true contentment next we see that contentment is found in jesus contentment is found in jesus you know i I remember when we had our first child and that is emily and emily's going to be 19 um in, in just a couple weeks so yeah all right emily 19 okay all right, all right. You guys are a good crowd. All right, so um, so this was about 19 years ago. Um, but my wife, uh, my wife and I, we, we worked full-time, uh, which meant that as soon as um, Andrea's maternity leave was over, we were going to have to start leaving Emily with a sitter. And... Um, I mean, it was pretty much the whole day. We dropped Emily off by around 7 o'clock in the morning, and it wasn't until about 6 in the afternoon that we finally got around to being able to pick her up. And I remember my wife, Andrea, crying, crying, heartbroken those first couple weeks. And she would just be like, like, Emily is going to forget that I'm her mother. And she's going to think that the sitter is her mother. Because, you see, for Andrea, right, what was going through her mind was like, "I I carried you inside of me. I gave birth to you. I gave life to you. I love you more than anyone anyone ever will or ever can so the thought just the thought that someone else could replace her in Emily's life was completely devastating to her guys God did not create you so you can find contentment in something or someone other than him God did not breathe life into you so you can find peace so you can find joy happiness hope in anything or in anyone other than him he is jealous for you He wants you all for himself. So the thought that something or someone can replace him is devastating. It's heartbreaking, but it's also impossible. And that is what Paul discovered. Paul found that the secret to contentment is not in what you have. It is in whom you know. And it's not just anybody. It's in knowing the person of Jesus. He is the only source of true contentment. And that's why Paul can say, At the end of all that, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because until Christ is all you have, you'll never recognize that Christ is all you need. And until you recognize that Christ is all you need, you'll never experience contentment. So material doesn't matter. Finances don't matter. Relationships don't matter. Circumstances don't matter. Contentment is not found in what you have. We can search for and get everything that we want. But until we experience what it is to be in Christ... You will never be satisfied. You will always be wanting more. It will never be enough. Christ is enough. And through him, you find peace. Through him, you experience joy. In whatever state you're in high, low, full, empty, with or without it doesn't matter because you can do all things in Christ who strengthens you. We continue in verse 14. It says, Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you, Philippians, know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but only you. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. When we've looked at at what contentment is and we looked at what contentment is not, we've armed ourselves with lots of good information. But now, now what? How do we take what we know and what we're beginning to understand and put it into practice in our lives? How do we live a life of contentment the first thing we need to do is practice generosity practice generosity in proverbs chapter 11 verses 24 to 25 it says there's one who scatters yet increases more and there's one who withholds more than is right but it leads to poverty the generous soul will be made rich and he who waters will also be watered himself see the more generous and giving we are the more we trust in God's abundance, in God's goodness, and in God's provision. Our generosity gives God room to work with. In the passage, Paul says, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. See, being content, regardless of the circumstance, Paul was more interested in the spiritual benefit of those that were giving to him. He called that gift a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. He was saying, not only did you give it to me, But you also gave it to God. And this display of generosity is why Paul can say to them at the end, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Because in other words, what he's saying is, listen, you gave to me in a way that left you in need. I want to assure you that God will not remain in your debt. He will supply all your needs. There is a direct correlation between generosity and happiness. You see, getting more does not make you more happy. Giving more does. Contentment is not the fulfillment of what you want. It is the realization of how much you already have. So we're practicing generosity. Number two, we are stop comparing yourself to others. Stop comparing yourself to others. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, it says, we don't dare classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. But in measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves to themselves, they lack understanding. Who remembers the first day of school? Elementary, middle school, high school, first day of school, okay? few things were as important as new shoes, new backpack. And when you showed up on campus with your new shoes and your new backpack, you were looking at who had New shoes and a new backpack and what kind of new shoes and new backpack they had. And and that's the kind of stuff that, that we started with at a, at a young age, but we never grow out of it because now we're comparing jobs and we're comparing our cars and we're comparing our vacations and we're comparing our families and we're comparing our kids and we're comparing our successes. We're comparing our looks. We're even comparing churches. And on a daily basis, we are comparing ourselves to someone else. And that comparison either leaves us Filled with sinful pride or filled with jealousy and thoughts of envy, comparison kills contentment, comparison steals your joy because we all know both of those feelings, right That feeling of pride when we compare ourselves to someone and and and, and in that instance, we come out on top and it's like it's like listen i mean i 'm going through some stuff, but i 'm not that bad, right or maybe it's um you know. Again, I've gone through some stuff. I'm not struggling with that, you know. I mean, listen, honey, you know, we've had our ups and downs, but our marriage isn't that bad, okay. And then there's those feelings of jealousy and envy, the lies that tell you that you're not good enough and you're not smart enough and you're not pretty enough and you're not successful enough. And when we are constantly comparing our lives to others, this is basically what we're telling God. We're saying, God, I don't trust you. I don't trust your plan. I don't trust your provision for my life. And honestly, God, I think with me, you made a mistake. And it becomes impossible to be grateful because we begin to develop this deep resentment towards him. So what do we do? Here's what you do. You stay in your lane. You live your life. You stay focused and trust the road that God has laid out for you. Because your road is different than everyone else's. You identify what's causing you to compare and have these negative thoughts, okay? And you take a break from it or rid it from your life completely. If you can't be on Instagram or on Facebook without seeing someone else's post and comparing it to your situation, delete the app. Get rid of it. Throw it in the deepest part of the ocean. It is stealing your joy and destroying your contentment. God's plan for you is special. It's unique, and it's unlike anyone else's. He wants you to know your worth. Know your strengths. Be aware of your weaknesses and work on them. He wants you to discover your gifts and your purpose. Know that you are unique, special, and loved. Be content in the person God made you to be. And then finally, and this is such a huge part of helping us get rid of these comparisons, number three is celebrate the success of others. Celebrate the success of others. In James three fourteen to 16, it says, but if you harbor bitter envy, and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom, right, in quotes, does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. I remember when our oldest son, um, Babble, he was about four or five years old, he started playing soccer because that's what you do with kids that are four. You get them involved in soccer because they get to run around and and expend uh, some energy. So he was playing soccer, and it didn't take long for us to see that he was ultra competitive. And we get to the first game. We get to the first game, and all the parents are there on the sidelines, and the kids are running around. It's just a mass of kids, and every once in a while you see the soccer ball scored out. Uh, But then it's just, you know. But his team finally scores a goal, right? His team scores a goal, and the parents start going crazy, and all the kids on the team start to jump and cheer, but not Pablo, all right? I mean, I look over, and I see, I'm looking, and I see all the kids jumping up and down, and he's over off by himself, and the kid seriously had a look on his face like someone had stolen his ice cream. And I'm just like, Pablo, what are you doing? You guys scored a goal, what's wrong? And I thought maybe he didn't understand the game, you know, maybe he didn't understand what was going on, but nope, that was not it. And he comes running over to us, right? And his arms are crossed, Right, and he's gritting his teeth and he's got a tear in his eye. He's like, I wanted to score. I wanted to score. You see, he wasn't so upset that he wasn't the one who made the goal, right? He, he didn't want to celebrate with his team, he wanted to be the one to make the goal. We need to celebrate the success of others, and it's hard, I know. But when someone else is blessed, the way that you wish that you were blessed, celebrate with them. Right? Someone else gets that promotion you wanted. I know it's hard. But you know, thank you, Jesus, for blessing you know, Fulano with, with that job. Right? And thank you for the job that I have. It's hard, but we do it. Okay? When your friend gets engaged and you're still growing in your singleness. right? Thank you, Jesus, for bringing them together. Bless their marriage. Okay? And then thank you, Jesus, for the work that you're doing in my life and the person you are preparing for me. Thank God for blessing them. Because you know what this does? This is so powerful. It cleanses your heart and it purifies your motives. I heard someone say once that when you can't celebrate for others, it limits what God wants to do in your life. And I believe that wholeheartedly. See, celebrating the successes of others is a practice in Humility. It helps us to trust that God has a plan for us because we see Him working in the lives of others. I heard a story this week, um, and it's an illustration uh, of this search for contentment. And, um, you know, if you imagine someone standing before the ocean, right? They're, 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 they're on the beach and they're standing before uh, the ocean, and this person is desperately thirsty and they're holding a cup in their hand. And they reach down, and they fill that cup with ocean water. And and, and they begin to think, man, if I just take a drink of this water, it's going to satisfy my thirst. And and, and we're looking at this, and and we know that if they drink from that cup, they not only become even more thirsty, but if they keep drinking, they can actually die. See, the reality for us is that the ocean, the ocean is a good thing, right? Right? It's, it, it gives, it, it's a life giver. It, it's the home for so much, um, you know, ocean life. It's beautiful. It's powerful. It's majestic. And it's even fun to play in. But it was never created or intended to sustain us in that way. And you may be here today and you're going into the world and you're trying to squeeze and drink from the world what it was never intended to give. And time and time again, you're left increasingly thirsty because what you're chasing was never created to satisfy your thirst. And as long as you try to satisfy an eternal thirst with a temporary thing, you're going to find yourself coming up short time and time again. See, the one place that can give you an eternal source of contentment and the eternal sense of joy is Jesus Christ himself. And so he offers us himself and he says, come to me Drink from my well, satisfy your thirst, and find true contentment. Church, let's let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we Lord, we just come to you, Lord God. I'm praying, Lord, that we can somehow, Lord, change our hearts and our minds towards uh, living a, a life that begins to understand your contentment, Lord. Lord, there's so many things in our lives that are, that, that are robbing our joy, so many things that we are allowing, Lord, to steal our peace, to rob our joy, Lord, and to disrupt and disturb our relationship with you. Lord, help us make the hard choices that we need to make, Lord God, to rid ourselves of comparison, Lord God, uh, to rid ourselves of that bitterness and that envy and, and jealousy and even sometimes pride, Lord, that keeps us from experiencing Lord, all that you have for us. Lord, some of us in this room are really struggling with this, Lord God. We don't know what else to do to be content. We don't know what else to buy. We don't know uh, know, who else to to see. We don't know um, what else to change, where else to move, uh, what job to take. We don't know what else to do just to be content. Lord, help us to trust you. Lord, help us to believe and trust in your word and in your promise, Lord God. Help us to learn from the the example of Paul, Lord God. Lord, who, beaten and in jail and, and taken of everything, Lord God, learned the secret to contentment. That we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, Lord God. Help us not to look at our circumstance as a condition of your love for us, Lord God. You love us. Lord, you you love us enough to send your son for us and to sacrifice your son for us even while we rejected you and turned our backs on you, Lord God. And that kind of love, Lord, no, it doesn't come with condition, Lord. Lord, to help us to understand, Lord God, that you want us to be content in you. That you want us to find contentment in you and only in you you. And Lord, there, there there are people in this room, Lord God, who, who are beginning to understand this maybe for the first time and realize, Lord God, that they're done squeezing whatever they can out of this world. Lord, and they are ready to come to you, to drink from your well, to drink your everlasting water, Lord God, to, to satisfy and fulfill that eternal thirst Lord, that's that's been haunting them their entire lives, Lord God. Lord, there are people in this room, Lord God, that want to fill that hole in their heart, Lord, that Christ-shaped hole with you. So, Lord, we want to give an opportunity right now for those people to make that decision. It's maybe someone in this room. It's maybe someone watching uh, from home. But with every head bowed and every eye closed, Lord God, we're going to allow those people to make that decision today. So if that is you Here today, you realize that your chase, your constant chase for contentment, has led to nowhere. You've come to the realization that true contentment is only found in the person of Jesus Christ, and you want to invite Him today to be your Lord and Savior. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to invite you to simply raise your hand. Simply raise your hand as a way of of telling God, God, I don't know exactly why. I just know this is what I need to do today. God bless you. I see your hands. God bless you. And Heavenly Father, we thank you for these people, Lord God, that have Lord taken the bold step of raising their hand, Lord God, of, of acknowledging you, Lord, and acknowledging their need for you as their Savior. So for those of you that raised your hand, I want to invite you to to repeat a a simple prayer it's just a simple prayer of invitation it's it's not a magic formula it's there's no uh, secret words or anything like that lord it's just a simple prayer of invitation inviting christ into your life okay and i'm going to invite everyone in the room to repeat after me uh, uh, as a way of, uh, of of support for these individuals so if everyone would just repeat after me heavenly father We thank you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for forgiving us of our sins. We thank you for his sacrifice. I pray your forgiveness for all my sins. I pray your forgiveness for all the things I've done to go against you. And I invite you now to become my Lord and Savior thank you, Jesus, for taking me as I am. Change me. Transform me. I thank you. Love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If today you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. It's one of the best decisions you've ever made. And we as a church want to help you with your next steps. You see, we have a free gift we'd like to give you. And in order for you to receive that gift, all you have to do is visit mycalvary.com forward slash begin. Don't forget to tune in next week for our next podcast. God bless you.